welcome to the Child of the Library podcast. Thank you for joining again, because today we are going to talk about a topic that is very important to me, and that is where to start when you start reading again. Now, if you heard my previous episodes, you know that my reading journey in my 27 years on this planet, of which 21 include me actually being able to read words, was quite bumpy. <laughs> I am very grateful that I learned to make reading a habit again and a big hobby of mine. And I was very lucky that throughout all the years I always cherished literature and the importance of literature as a concept. But I know that so many factors while growing up or with life progressing lead us to not read that much. Might it be other media that is easier to consume? Because to be honest, reading is or should be taking your full attention and that is exhausting to your mind and your body. But what do you do when that happened? When you fell out of love with storytelling, when you started to believe that there is no time in your day to fit reading in, when you think there are no stories out there that really interest or move you. So I started reading intensely at the end of 2016, after I finished my university degree. So until now that makes four years and a few months of reading 50 to 75 books a year. And there are a few basic principles that I discovered that made getting back into that reading routine a lot easier for me. And I want to share those with you because even though we might not all take that much of a long break in reading, what can definitely happen whenever to even the heaviest reader is a so-called reading slump where you just don't feel like reading and that is totally fine if you are just not in the mood don't force yourself because then we would be back in high school again but if you feel that you want to start reading again but it is hard to incorporate it in your life here are a few tips that will probably help first try to find a source for inspiration and recommendation that could be videos about book recommendations or book podcasts like this one What is only important is that if you go to these channels, you don't end up mindlessly scrolling on your phone and not reading. Just as a preface, that is very important. <laughs> Then, of course, you can always go to your local bookstore and see what they have displayed as staff picks, etc. But first of all, in the middle of a global pandemic, this is not really easy to do. And then secondly, and this is a problem I had in my teenage years, There are just so many books. I was so overwhelmed by it and I didn't know where to start. Should I go to the crime section? Should I go to the young adult section? Should I read foreign books? It is very hard to find a starting point that gets the whole thing rolling again. So I think turning to book recommendations through videos and podcasts is a very good way because I felt in the past that it is very inspiring to hear people who love books talk about books they are excited about. This has really started it for me and helped me to get excited about new books as well. And spiraling from there, starting our little book club and starting this podcast. So who knows where a fresh start to a reading journey may lead you. There are a couple I can definitely recommend. As a podcast, definitely Books Unbound for also more recommendations that are not trending, you know. Like, there are very often books that are very hyped up because they are written by very famous authors or come out through big publishing houses. But on Books Unbound, you will get some that are less hyped up, but also very interesting. On YouTube or booktube, how it is called in that community. I can recommend books with Chloe, Naya Reads and Smells, Jessie the Reader, Haley and Bookland, Ariel Bassett, just to name a few. 
And one that is always very fun for me to watch is Peru's project because she's working in programmatic advertising, which is part of the work that I do. And she reads a lot of fantasy. So there are a lot of similarities to my life that just make her videos and recommendations very fitting for me. Second tip. If you have found these great sources of inspiration and you get really excited for all these new books and you want to read all of them at the same time, don't go and buy them all immediately, but also research trigger warnings. So what do I mean by that? I know from experience, not gonna lie, how exciting it is to get new books and fill your shelves, especially when I moved out into my own apartment and had more space for books, that was definitely a thing for me. But what might happen is that you buy so many books and in that pile there might be some that have underlining topics that could be problematic for some people to read about. Sexual violence, the death of a loved one, mental illness, I don't know. And this might not be a major part of the plot, so it doesn't mention it in the synopsis. So just from reading that bit of information or from someone telling you the synopsis, you might not know that this particular part of the story will be hard on you. But if you read the book and this plotline totally throws you off guard and you don't want to pick the book up again because of it, you might lose all the momentum that you just had and have a hard time reading again. Luckily, a lot of the YouTubers and podcasters I mentioned before are very aware of that and try to incorporate these trigger warnings in their recommendations to their best knowledge. But especially when a book is not out yet and you want to pre-order it because the plot sounds great and the hype is very big, not all of these triggers might be widely known. So just when you have a topic that you might be more sensitive to than others, just try to keep an eye out for that. A quick story about this. So generally, I think that I can deal relatively well with, let's say, violence in books. It is not something that I particularly enjoy, but I can deal with it. But even I had this run-in with the book. It's called The Poppy War or Im Zeichen der Mohnblume in German. And the synopsis sounded just perfect to me. We follow a young woman from a humble family background in China and she's working her butt off to get to this very prestigious military academy. It is the time when the opium business was at an all-time high and just the overall like slightly fantasy setting that follows her entering that academy sounded right up my alley. But because this book is heavily influenced by the Sino-Japanese war and I read it so shortly after it came out, I was not aware of how gruesome this book got at the end. And there was one scene that I will not go into detail on because I want to keep my podcast free of that toxic energy, but this one scene was so repulsive to me that I finished the book and never picked up the sequels because I was so shocked because this had a totally new level of gruesomeness and that comes from someone who read through Game of Thrones Red Wedding totally fine. <laughs> Luckily I was already very grounded as a reader and could quickly move on from that but especially if these triggers are something that might have happened to you personally or in your close family and friend circle this can be very harmful and i get that this is also what literature is there for it should shock us sometimes and help us grasp the gruesome aspects of the world better but there is no need to put yourself through that if it really hurts you so let's 
get away from that dark topic and let's look into tip number three. Don't commit to series. Now hear me out. I'm someone who loves series and especially binging series when I really like a writing style and world. But that is definitely not for everyone. Especially when you start in new, it might be a lot easier to look into standalone novels. And believe it or not, there are even some really good fantasy standalones that might be something for you. Now with these, of course, you have to deal with them being a bit longer because you have to build up the world in order to make it a fantasy. But if that is no problem for you, then these are definitely a good alternative. The two that come to my mind now are The Priory of the Orange Tree by Samantha Shannon, which is a story with dragons and a queendom, so women in power, and a divided country that needs to fight a greater evil. And also Lore, which has actually just come out by Alexandra Bracken, where the Greek gods get punished every seven years to live on Earth as mortals for a set amount of time. And while they walk the Earth, they are being hunted. I'm pretty sure there is a great book for anyone out there who wants to start reading again. It may just need a bit of trial and error to find the direction that you really like. The fourth tip to stay in the realm of fantasy is to not overload your not fully accustomed reading brain with high fantasy. Because to be honest, I know a lot of people who really get turned off when there's a new character introduced every five minutes where you have got no idea who they are, what they want and how they add value to the story. Fantasy in itself is a great genre and I love it to bits, but for the start it is probably easier to start with something like urban fantasy. So basically where a lot of anchors from our world are still intact within that story, but there's just some magical element overlaying our world. One book that I really, really want to read, especially now because we can't travel, is called The City We Became by N.K. Jemisin. It is set in New York and in this story cities start to develop personalities after a certain amount of time and depending on how many people live there. And these personalities get manifested in real life people. So for New York you meet these characters that embody, so to say, the different city areas like Manhattan and the Bronx and they take the feeling and core of these areas and incorporate them in their character. And it just sounds like a praise to this big vibrant city and I heard from people actually living in New York that this is such a glorious story that I can hardly wait. We went to New York in 2019 for a couple of days and I also look forward to travel there in my mind again through this story. And now for the fifth Last and probably the most obvious tip, try to find a book about a topic that you might already like. If you are into a certain movie, let's say Twilight, wait, <laughs> maybe not Twilight, because this whole Bella Edward business is such a toxic relationship. <laughs> let's say you watched a new Chaos Walking movie that will come out in March, starring Tom Holland, who is also known for playing the current Spider-Man, and you really like this unique dystopian world, you might want to pick up the whole trilogy. Or if you are into cooking, you can read With a Fire on High by Elizabeth Acevedo. If you like rock and roll, you can read Daisy Jones in the Six. If you like K-pop, you can read When We Dream. 
If you like football or politics, you can read memoirs. There are so many options out there. And if you are already interested in a certain field, reading can get so much easier. I remember when I was in middle school, our German teacher would give out copies of hyped books back then, especially when they were turned into movies. And here I have to sort of come back to Twilight again, because if you like it or not, when I was in middle school, the Twilight hype was a thing. <laughs> I was never particularly on one side or the other. I was always very neutral, but like among the girls, it was a big hype. And this action of my German teacher actually moved a lot of my fellow students to read, even though they were not usually big readers. So I think this is definitely a tip that has probably one of the highest chances to capture your joy for reading, if you can channel it through topics that you're already really interested in. After all, like I said at the beginning, reading is a habit that you need to develop, just like other habits. It might not be easy because you have a busy schedule, you work a lot, you can't really wind down. I can totally get how sitting down with a book and completely unwind and read without disturbance is a concept that is not really practical for so many of us. And this is where, for me, often audiobooks come into play. Because sometimes we do work that is not consuming all of our brain power, to be honest, but it does not allow us to physically read. Like cleaning your apartment, run an errand and walk to the bakery. I don't know, doing copy-paste from one Excel file to the next. All of these are not classic reading moments, but you can convert them into reading time through audiobooks. And I'm very sure that if you start slowly with these in your daily life, you will eventually find the motivation, the time and make it a priority to sit down and physically read a book at some point. I personally believe that it is reading, whether you actually have a book or an audiobook, as long as you consume the story, it counts. So don't get discouraged from that discussion on here on my podcast. We are friendly towards all types of book consumption. Thank you for sticking around until now. I hope you got some interesting and helpful tips for your next reading slump or reading break. But we are not quite finished for this episode, because apart from the section of a bookish question at the end that I established in my last episode, I want to introduce a new chapter called Meet the Character. This is where I want to tell you, without spoilers, about some of my favorite characters. I believe the favorites in your story are very personal. Multiple people can read the same story and like it, but which characters they bond with strongly depends on their moral system. And that can be very nuanced. So yes, as a bit of a discussion starter, I thought this would be a fun new element. The first two characters I want to talk about are Elias and Laia from the An Ember in the Ashes series by Sabah Tahir. This series was recently concluded, but only in English. For some reason, they discontinued to do the German translations after book two. And this is so frustrating because this is such a great story and teenagers and adults who are not fluent in English will not be able to read it. This makes me so sad. But alas, if you listen to this podcast, I assume you know English, so I still feel comfortable talking about this here. So Elias and Laia are a young man and woman in a Roman-inspired empire. 
She belongs to the scholars who were the keepers of knowledge of all kinds of things. But because this empire is so heavily militarized, the scholars are being enslaved. And Elias is this elite soldier that was trained from a young age to move up in rank to serve the king. But even though this military mindset has been drilled into him, he feels that something in the structure of the empire is substantially wrong and that the suppression of others within it is wrong. And on the other hand, Laia has lost so many of her loved ones because of the enslavement and she is angry. I would say she's not an angry person per se. Like, you know, there are some personalities that always need to talk very loudly and are just hating the world, basically. But she's not like that. She loves the variety of the world they are living in. But because she's such a strong woman and character and she's got so many obstacles thrust her way, she takes it on herself to change things. And this makes her angry and frustrated at the beginning of this story. And when the two characters meet, I will not go into detail on that because of spoilers, but you really see that meeting each other really opens their eyes to what needs to change and what needs to be done even more. And they just help each other to grow so much. And they really do bring out the best in each other, which is something that I thoroughly enjoyed while reading this series. Now hear me out, it is not a real spoiler to say that there is a romance element. Just from reading the synopsis you get that feeling and you will not be disappointed in that department. I usually never read books for the romance, like whenever there's some, I don't know, action in a broom cupboard or something going on, I'm like, people, get your priorities straight, there's a kingdom to save, or I don't know, but the story of Elias and Laia has got so many ups and downs and you just root for them and they always have their priorities straight and they put the bigger plan first, but the little moments that they have together, they are chef's kiss. Highly recommend this series, mainly because of the dynamic of these two characters and their impact of driving the bigger plan forward. And now, on to the last chapter of this episode, the bookish question. And for this week, I picked Do you track your reading in a journal? The answer here is definitely yes. <laughs> Now, this question was sent to me before I filmed my January reading journal flip through that you can see over on my Child of the Library Instagram in my highlights tab and the reels. But yes, I actually do. I tried to do that a couple of times before, but only this year it really clicked with me and I found out which journal I want to use and what I want to track and how to set it up best for me. And I really, really enjoy it. It really helps me to order my thoughts and because on Goodreads I track what I read and what star rating I gave it, but I don't give written reviews, this helps me to reference back when I might think of that book months and years from now. I really hope I can keep up with this habit of putting in the cover picture and write a few sentences about my feelings. It is not that much work, it's not that hard, but you know how life sometimes goes. You really have to make time for the things that you want to do. And for 2021, I really want to try and give reading and journaling more space than 2020. 
I really hope you enjoyed today's episode. This was the first more educational one, I would say. I had a lot of fun recording it and tried to find all these little tips that helped me personally a lot in the past four years of reading. If you like the podcast, it would be awesome if you could leave a review. If the app you listen through allows you to do that, it would mean the world to me and could potentially help others find this podcast and find an episode that they might also enjoy. Thanks for tuning in and until next time, I hope we discover the words on our shelves and in our hearts. Bye!